On John chapter 1, reading from verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, This was he of whom I said, He comes after me, has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only who is at the Father's side has made him known. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your amazing word to us. And we pray that this morning that you would speak to us, that you would speak into our hearts, that you would speak into our lives, that you would speak into our church through the one and only Jesus Christ. Amen. We are in the season of Advent, and in the season of Advent, we've uh, been doing a series which is uh, inspired somewhat by the film Miracle on 34th Street, and we've been calling this series Miracle on Manger Street. Miracle on Manger Street. First week, we looked at the miracle of the moment, looking at uh, Galatians chapter 4, um, but when the time had come fully, when the time had fully come, God sent his son. And we talked about the fact that Jesus arrived at the right moment. And we were thinking about special moments. And we were thinking about Kairos moments, those moments when we know that God was speaking to us. And we've been inviting people to share Kairos moments. And Lynn has a Kairos moment that she would like to share with us. So thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Richard. Um, as some of you know, I went to Israel about a month ago. Uh, it was a slightly different kind of trip to the usual ones that I've gone on. And I was extremely blessed in being there. 
And one of our leaders was a, an Orthodox Jew. And I heard some very amazing things coming from this man and his family. In the past, when I've gone to Israel, I've spoken to Jews. They've never said that they hear God. They only listen to the rabbis. But this time was different. It seems like a sense that God is beginning to speak to his people, drawing them. And I heard quite a lot of testimony from people amongst the Jewish people, how excited they are expecting Jesus to come, but they don't call him Jesus, they call him Mashiach. They don't believe Jesus was the Messiah. But they say this, they say this verse, which I'll say in Hebrew and then I'll translate it for you. Ani ma'amin be'amuna shlema baviat hamashiach va'afel pei she'ya ma'ami im kol achelo achelo bikol yom shevo. And it means, I believe in total faith. And this is what the Jews say. Listen. I believe in total faith in the coming of Messiah. And even if he is delayed, I will wait for him. I will wait for him every day. And I spoke to this rabbi and I said to him, how come you say that? Who is it you're waiting for? When as to us, Jesus, Yeshua, he's been, the Messiah's been. He said, oh, typical Jewish style. When he comes, I will ask him a question. Have you been here before? And that really struck my heart. There was lots of wonderful places that I went to, lots of wonderful things that I saw while I was there. Um, the main one being where the temple had been on Shiloh. And those of you who've been studying the temple in house group, you would have loved that little visit but mainly I was struck by the people and by the heart of the Jewish people being moved towards God in a new way and a fresh way. Do pray for Israel. God blesses those who love the Jew. Amen. Thank you, Lynn. And uh, I think Steve has also got uh, a Kairos moment to share. So thank you, Steve. Hi. Morning. Hi. Um, uh, I've sort of uh, been to the services for the last few weeks and it's sort of saddened me a bit that nobody's come up and uh, I didn't have the courage to come up either. So I promised myself today I was going to come up and say something and thankfully Lynn came up as well, so hooray Lynn, fantastic. Um, but it, it sort of uh, struck me why we why we're reticent to come up and share about what God's doing in our lives and I was sort of thinking about it that you sort of go to services and you see these, hear these amazing testimonies and, you know, I was a drug addict slash alcoholic slash cancer or whatever it is, and then this happened and I wasn't anymore. And thankfully, I'm guessing that isn't most of our experience. But let's not forget that God is in the, as well as being in the fire and the earthquake, he's also in the still small voice and uh, so I was going to come up this morning and still uh, share a bit of a still small voice moment um, and that could be any number of moments that I have I mean I'm very blessed God is with me and God is with you and uh, in the rain in the floods and everything and uh, when all those terrible things were happening I was just standing outside in the rain getting drenched thinking thank you God just amazing and when the uh, when I'm out running you just get these moments just fantastic Fantastic. Any number of moments. 
that time in the petrol station the other day when, I'm sure you, you never do this, I'd put 40 quid in, bang on 40 quid. It's getting harder and harder to stop it on the 40 quid, isn't it? Absolutely, really hard, really hard. I'm sure you know what I mean. But I got it on the 40 quid. And I put the thing in the uh, thing, took me 40 quid in, because that's all I had. I only had 40 quid. I looked back, 40 quid and a penny. It was definitely 40 quid. But by the time I went into the shop, it was 40 quid and a penny. I'm sure that never happens to you. But anyway, this, I, was, I went into the shop all full of apologies. And, uh, and the guy behind the counter said, oh, it's fine, don't worry, it happens all the time. The guy behind me just gave me a penny and put it on the counter. I thought, well, fantastic, not good. Little Kairos moment. Um, but then I thought, no, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share an earthquake and fire moment. Okay, so here we go. Um, you may, you may be aware that, uh, some of you may be aware that in our, in our house at the moment, we're, uh, we're having our backsides tanned a little bit by, uh, an issue related to our daughter, our oldest daughter, who's, uh, had issues with, um, anxiety and depression. And, uh, that's been quite hard really over the last couple of years. And, uh, when she, uh, was doing her GCSEs a couple of years ago, one of the worries, Obviously, we wanted to be to be well and to be a happy person, but one of the worries was that she wasn't going to be able to sit her exams. We thought she wasn't going to be able to get up. And uh, anyway, thankfully, she did that. And to cut a long story short, she's uh, now got to a stage where she's going to interview interviews for universities and stuff. And uh, uh, thanks be to God, she's got an offer for a place where she wanted. She went to an interview for the place that she really wanted to go to the other day, and we're not quite sure whether she's got... Uh, an offer there yet, but just really to share that uh, God has really been working for, through us as a family in that process and also through our daughter. So um, there you go, a bit of an earthquake moment for us as a family, but also a still small voice, voice moment as well. All right, thank you. Thanks, Steve, for sharing and uh, reminding us that, you know, God is at work uh, in all people's lives. And it's good to hear testimonies. And we do want to encourage people to share what God is, do, God is doing in their lives, whether it be small or big, uh, ordinary or spectacular. Uh, oh, we've got more. Gosh, we're, gonna, we're never, you're not going to get a sermon this morning. <laughs> um, just about the floods. Um, I was in Glasgow last um, week and um, I got stuck in Glasgow from Saturday and couldn't get home. Um, but um, through several um, good events in the end, um, I managed to get home on Monday um, on a train uh, going, the op- the, going on the east coast, which took um, 10 hours to get home. Um, but the, one of the good things about it was that I was able to go to Ellen, where my, um, where my friend had, had lived. She came down to Glasgow to meet me, and I went up to Ellen with her. And, uh, and stayed for a couple of days with her. And I went to her church on the, um, uh, on the Sunday. And uh, the service there, so this was a kindest moment for me. The, um, the lady who preached, preached on Joseph, the unsung hero. <clears throat> and um, she was saying that, you know, Joseph, when he found out that Mary was... Um, was pregnant, but without, with not his child, as we know of the Holy Spirit. Um, at that time, he wasn't told that uh, by the angel at all of the situation, and um, he was pledged to be married to Mary, 
And that in the Jewish law is far more than our engagement. It means, you know, you've, you've really committed yourself. And, um, and so, uh, really in Jewish law, he could have said to, um, Mary, right, well, I'm going to, um, publicly have you disgraced now. And Mary would have been stoned and uh, put to death. But um, the words in Scripture say he was a righteous man and he wanted to um, do the right thing and divorce her quietly. And uh, um, and I thought, and she said how, like, um, he, he'd been really hurt with all of that. This woman who he... Um, was married to his wife and had let him down. And many times when we're let down, we want to hurt back. But what did Joseph do? He did the right thing. He didn't he did what was best for Mary. He didn't think about himself and all the hurt that he went through. And that really spoke to me might not speak to you, but I just want to share it with you. It was a caris moment that made me think how sometimes when I get hurt, I might just want to really hurt back. Um, an impulse thing. But Joseph had been really abandoned and hurt with all of that. Um, but what he wanted was the best for Mary. And he did the right thing. And I just hope that I will want the best when people... Um, might hurt me in different ways that I will have that, the right attitude to want the best for them. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so that was just the first week. We uh, were thinking about the miracle of the moments and we're thinking about how there are those miracle moments when we know that God is speaking to us directly. And the next week we were looking at the miracle of the message. We we're in Hebrews chapter 1. Where the writer says, in the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets of many times and in various ways. But in the last days he has spoken to us by his son. And we were thinking about Jesus as the communicator of God's message. As Jesus as the creator who maintains his world. Jesus who is the conqueror who purifies the world. And Jesus is the one who is crowned king of kings. And this week we're thinking about the miracle of the manger. And looking at this passage, this incredible passage in John chapter 1, the miracle of the manger. And the first thing that I want to draw your attention to is the astonishing claims, the astonishing claims that are made in John chapter 1. And going back to the film, remember we're kind of, kind of basing on this film, Miracle on 34th Street. I'm hoping we've got this uh, video clip because uh, in Miracle on 34th Street, there are some... Uh, whole premise of the film Miracle on 34th Street is based on the fact that this guy, Chris Kringle, really believes that he is Santa Claus. Astonishing claims. And in John chapter 1, we see some even more remarkable astonishing claims. Um, that's Chris Kringle, who, who says, I'm not just a whimsical figure who wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demur, demur. You know, I'm a symbol of the season he talks about. Well, in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was with God in the beginning. An astonishing claim that John says that Jesus was the Word and the Word was God. Are you astonished? Are you amazed? This is what John is saying about who Jesus is. The miracle of the manger. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. If you were with us last week, you remember that the Hebrews writer was talking about the fact that Jesus was involved in creation. Gary was asking us, you know, how old was Jesus when he was born? What a ridiculous question to ask. But that's the astonishing claim of John chapter 1, that Jesus was there in the beginning and here he was being born in a stable in Bethlehem. Astonishing claims. And if you look at the life of Jesus, it wasn't just in his birth. Jesus made, continued to make absolutely astonishing claims. Could he be who he claims to be? Could Jesus be who he claims to be? talks about the fact that he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus talks about himself as being the bread of life. Jesus said to her, this is in Luke chapter 7, your sins are forgiven. Jesus claimed that he had the power and the authority to forgive sins, and that got him into an awful lot of trouble. An astonishing claim that links into the fact that John suggests that the Word was God, because only God is able to forgive sins. And Jesus was making that claim. Astonishing! Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus, the astonishing claim was that he had the power and authority to give people eternal life. These are astonishing claims. You should be astonished. You should walk out of this church this morning and when you, you bump into that person at the petrol station and you're looking for that extra penny, you should say, if you think that's astonishing that the guy behind me giving you a penny, I'll tell you something even more astonishing. This is what Jesus said and this is who he claimed to be. And of course, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Astonishing, saying that nobody can get to God and the Father except through him. What a claim to make. And again, a claim that got Jesus into an awful lot of trouble, claiming that he was the only way, that there wasn't any other way except through Jesus. These are astonishing claims. Could he be who he claimed to be? Could he be? Could he be who he claimed to be? Astonishing claims. And these astonishing claims have staggering implications. You've been astonished, now you're going to be staggered. Can you cope with this this morning? It's only 25 past 11. Can you cope with being astonished and then staggered? Because there's even more staggering implications. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only. I love that, the one and only. You know, sometimes you, you you go to somewhere, don't you? And they introduce somebody. And now, the one and only. And do you know where they got that from? The original one and only, Jesus. 
Next time somebody introduces somebody as the one and only, remember that. The one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. This is John's nativity. This is John's nativity. Matthew and Luke give us the birth narratives. They tell the story of Jesus' birth. John's gospel, if you've read it, you'll notice it's a little bit different. John's interested in the theology behind the story. He wants to explain what's going on. I like the way that uh, Larry Kritzer, in his book, According to John, says, he says, what an absolutely staggering, there we are, staggering sentence that is. So awesome a declaration is this, that it is difficult, one could go as far as to say, impossible to fathom the depths of its meaning. It's almost impossible to fathom the depths of the meaning in this verse. That the message puts like this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. God moved into the neighbourhood in his son, Jesus Christ. And Kevin Scully, in a great title for the book, Five Impossible Things to Believe Before Christmas. Hey, if you want five impossible things to believe before Christmas, read this book. But this is what he says about this verse in, one, in John one fourteen. It is though the birth of Jesus constitutes a crack in the universe. The separation of God and humanity is ended. God is no longer distant. He is tangible. God is not invisible. People can see him. God is not beyond humankind. He is one of us. God became one of us. There is a song, but I won't sing it. God became one of us. Staggering implications that God actually became a human being and lived among us. Explain that. Well, that's what John's trying to do. He's talking about this word that was there at the beginning, becoming a human being. He's doing his best to, to explain what's going on and it's absolutely staggering. Max Lucado says this, Majesty in the midst of the mundane, holiness in the filth of sheep manure and sweat, divinity entering the world on the floor of the stable. This baby had overlooked the universe. These rags keeping him warm were the robes of eternity. In his book, God came near and that's what God did. In Jesus Christ. So, staggering implications. What if he is who he claims to be? What if Jesus is who he claims to be? Surely that changes everything. And then, it leads to a momentous choice. It leads to a momentous choice. These astonishing claims, these staggering implications lead to a momentous choice. Do you believe? Do you believe? There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. That was the reason why Jesus came, so that men might believe, and women might believe in the one who came. 
Again, back to the film on 34th Street. Eventually, Chris Kringle, if you know the film, is uh, is arrested because they think he's crazy because he's claiming to be uh, the real Santa Claus, and they lock him up. and There's a and there's this court case uh, about him, and it just uh, reminded me of something that uh, C.S. Lewis wrote in in his book *Mere Christianity*. He says, "I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, Jesus." I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said that sort of thing, Jesus said, would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, great sentence, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit on him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. So many people will accept that Jesus was a great man, but John says... That's not it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And that leaves us with a a momentous choice. Do you believe? I know what you're all thinking. Well, what happens at the end of the, of this film, Miracle on 34th Street? What happens with, with, uh, with Chris Kringle? Do, do, what happens in the court case? Well, a, a spoiler coming up in case you've not seen the film. A spoiler because we've got that moment in court when they decide and we're going to share it with you now a momentous choice do you believe can you believe these staggering implications these astonishing claims but what about you Jesus asked who do you say I am Simon Peter answered you are the Christ the son of the living God who do you say I am? At Christmas time, we're challenging people to make a momentous choice. Can they believe these astonishing claims that we as a church make about who this baby was that was born in a stable? Because we are making the astonishing claim that this was God who was born amongst us. And the staggering implications is that God has actually come to this earth to make himself known to us. And it leaves people with a momentous choice. Do you believe? No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, there it is again, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Jesus has made God known. He has given God a face. He has given God a voice. He's taken on flesh and bone and become one of us. And no longer can people say, well, we don't know what God is like because Jesus has shown them what God is like. No longer can people can say, well, we don't know whether God loves us or not because Jesus has shown the depths of God's love by giving his life for all And the question of whether God actually exists. Well, he exists 
in the person of Jesus Christ. The word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. A momentous choice. Do you believe? And at Christmas time, that's what we are inviting people to. As we invite them to share in the Christmas story, to come along and see the kids doing the nativity, to sing the carols. We're presenting them with these astonishing claims that have staggering implications and leave people with a momentous choice. Do you believe? Let's pray. Father God, help us. Help us in our belief. Help us to not only to believe, but to accept in faith these astonishing claims about who you are. And yes, Lord, we are amazed. We stand in awe and wonder. But there are implications. We are seeking to serve and to follow you and to continue, like John, to point people to you. And help us, we pray, to speak to our neighbours, to our friends and families, to give them that invitation to come and to hear the good news about your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray, especially at this time of year, for those who will be lonely. We remember those who are bereaved, and we continue to pray for Lizzie and family. And we pray for others too at this time of year as they remember those loved ones who are no longer with them. Father God, help us to show people the God of comfort and the God of love. Father God, we pray for the world that you created, that your Son, Jesus, the Word, made Nothing was made without him. And you made this world and it was good, but it has not stayed good. It has become tainted by the fall of human nature. And we see that in all sorts of ways. And we pray against the evil in this world. We pray against those who would want to cause harm, who would want to kill and to murder. And we pray for peace. We pray for peace in our world. We pray for peace in Syria. An impossible prayer, but that's what we pray. We pray for peace in Iraq. We pray for peace in the Middle East. And we pray for those who are working for peace. We pray for those in our own country who have been affected by the storms and the weather in this last week or so. And people that have, the homes have been wrecked, the businesses have been wrecked. And again, we just pray that people might gather around them and, and share your love with them at this time. Father God, we pray for our own community. We pray that we can share your love and your light in this community where you've placed us. And over these next few days and and weeks as we uh, see visitors coming into this church, we pray that we can share your love and show your love in who we are and our belief that not only were you born into a man, but you're born again in us. 
And we pray that as people come into this place, that they might see something of you in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so wherever you may go this week, may you know that God is with you. And may you know that God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, now and forevermore. Amen.